one of the things that's um, that's really cool about it is that you always have to keep learning. Like you you have to be okay with constantly like you're you're not allowed to be complacent in this industry at all. Um, and you know it's it's about you know really being you having the that kind of mind where you know like you you just don't put in the time for five years and then just like sit back. I'm George Kamidi, and this is First Watch Spotlight, where we put the focus on the up-and-coming generation of cybersecurity professionals. Some are right out of school, and some are entering from a different career path altogether. Our goal is to show there's no singular path into the industry, and hopefully highlight some ways more people can enter the field. Today's guest is Laura Lopez, Senior Information Security Associate at Tavora. Laura went from video editing in Los Angeles to a new career in cybersecurity. I wanted to dig in and get down to brass tacks on how she managed that transition. Laura Lopez, welcome to First Watch. Thank you, George. Yeah, thanks for coming along. I am really excited to hear this story um, and share it with the listeners. So why don't we just start in the most obvious place, which is, what is your journey? Can you describe that path into cybersecurity? Because it is my understanding that it is somewhat unconventional. Yeah, yeah. So um, for a long time, I was a reality television editor in L.A. Um, and I did that for a long time. Actually, you know, I worked the whole there's there's a whole career ladder uh, mm-hmm. down in Hollywood that, you know, there's specific things that you have to do, especially in post-production. But I, I kind of like ended up in like where the nerds of Hollywood end up, which is post-production, <laughs> you know, like working with computers, you know, really extensively. Um, and I, I spent a lot of time as an assistant editor, um, which gave me a lot of uh, background doing a lot of technical troubleshooting uh, that has turned out to be really useful. Um, and then I was an editor full time for about seven years. Um, probably the most famous show I've worked on that might have some name recognition still is Dance Moms. Very nice. But, <laughs> you know, I worked on a lot of that. I've, I have really fun stories about ghost shows too. Um, spoiler alert: most of them are, are totally made up. But but basically, um, I uh, you know just kind of hit a point in my career where it wasn't going exactly where I I thought it was going to go. Um, And my life started leading me into a place where, you know, I've always been a huge tech nerd and I wanted to move up to the Bay Area. And so I so I did that uh, in 2017. I was able to, you know, kind of like survive as a video editor um, up here in the Bay. I currently now I live in San Francisco, Um, but it was uh, it wasn't super easy. And then COVID really changed things. Now, the good thing about that is that I kind of, I saw it coming, you know, it was not, not COVID, but you know, I don't think a lot of people saw COVID coming, but <laughs> right. I, I was able to like anticipate like some stuff that was happening at the place I was working um, at the time. I was able to anticipate some layoffs. And so I basically, I signed up for a cybersecurity bootcamp. And the reason I decided on cybersecurity in general was because like during my time of living in the Bay Area, I was like, okay, eventually, you know, I'm not going to be able to edit video any, anymore. Like, I'm going to have to merge into something technical. And so, you know, what I initially thought I was un- going to end up doing is like front-end web development. And I took some Python classes mm-hmm. and I took some JavaScript stuff. And I was like, mm, you know, I don't know if coding, like doing application development, like day in and day out is the path for me. But that's, that's the reason I decided on cybersecurity is because it's still really technical. And like understanding some basic scripting will definitely help you along the way. Um, but you don't necessarily have to have to be a master coder in order mm-hmm. to do it. And a lot of the job, I mean, and it's a big field, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Like you don't have to be 
like a red teamer necessarily, although, you know, they get a lot of attention. Like a lot of it is just, you know, being able to teach yourself the complex security tooling that's already out there. That's all, that's a lot of the part of the job. Um, but yeah, so um, that was kind of the the motivation point, you know, like I, I knew I was going to have to change my career any, anyway due to the, you know, I just align culturally better up here. I'm definitely happier. Um, so that's why I decided to, to make the change. So I went to a six month boot camp. Um, and then I took a couple months to study for my security plus uh, mm -hmm. certification. Got that. Um, definitely one of the one of the hardest tests I've I've taken in a long time. Like, you know, I mean, I took organic chemistry in college. And it, yeah, like compared <laughs> to, you know, your OPEM midterm, like the Security Plus was was harder in terms of scope. But you know, as long as you, you know, just really put your head down and spend the time doing it, you know, anybody. I mean, just about anybody can do it. You just, it's mostly about effort, you know. And it is It is a different rhythm to take a test as a working adult than as a student yeah. where you have more more time than, than is required. I want to I double back. So yeah. um, it sounds like you had a lot of presence of mind. You kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, I, I want to kind of hone in on that moment where you say to yourself, well, I have a certain level of technical expertise and a familiarity with computers. And when you looked at cybersecurity, was that something that someone had put on your radar? Or is that something by dint of being in the San Francisco milieu? Or was that what was the inspiration there that that led you down that particular path? I know you said you tested sort of the front end web design. You're like, ah, oh, I'm not really mm -hmm. like a hard coder, but mm -hmm. how did you decide there? Yeah, well, it took I, you know, it's actually I would say it's, it's with, been within, I want to say like the last five years. You know, you keep seeing these mm -hmm. articles about how like there's more and more jobs in cybersecurity, uh. and it's becoming more of a thing, and that just started like you know bubbling up to the surface. Like you know, I like to get up in the morning and, and read. I uh, spend like at least an hour, you know, just like reading the news and stuff. And I'm I'm a big Apple person, so mm -hmm. for whatever reason, like Apple news is just like like keeps like feeding me like these articles on like cybersecurity and how it's going to be a great career. And I started looking into it. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, like this is something that I think I could do. And one of the things that's um, that's really cool about it is that you always have to keep learning. Like you you have yes. to be okay with constantly like you're you're not allowed to be complacent in this industry mm -hmm. at all um and you know it's it's about you know really being it, you're having the that kind of mind where you know like you you just don't put in the time for five years and then just like sit back you know that's kind of like right, what, right. What, that's what editors do that you know like we, we put in the time and then we you know we learn we, we you know you get to be good at editing and then you just kind of like sit back on your laurels you know for like a few years i mean not necessarily but you know you don't have to work as hard because you, you've mm -hmm. like mastered the craft where as in this case like you can certainly master some elements of it, but things are always changing. The tooling is always changing. You know, the attacks and techniques are, are always changing. And then a lot of times, you know, you're dealing with like some really complex geopolitical stuff also, mm -hmm. as I think that we've seen in, in some areas around the world. But, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it definitely fits me. Okay. That's cool. So uh, you got your security plus what's the mm -hmm. first door that, that opened or that you kicked open? 
Yeah, yeah, that is the first one, actually. Like, well, I, I had I felt that I needed to take a boot camp. And I, I think that's true, you know, coming from, you know, I was comfortable in a Linux terminal. You know, if I'm the kind of person that you know, I've had various like personal projects over the years, mm-hmm. which involved me like, you know, spinning up an AWS instance and like t- teaching myself like Ubuntu command line basics, you know, just stuff like that, little mini pet projects and that kind of thing. But yeah, I needed the bootcamp to, you know, get like a firm grasp of stuff. Like a lot of the projects we did were, were really complicated. Um, that was worthwhile. And then after that, as far as I've been able to see, yeah, getting the security plus is like step number one towards actually getting a job. Um, yep. But one of the things I did do during my bootcamp is I, I did my best to, to network um, as best as I could with like my other classmates. Mm-hmm. That's actually, you know, what and you know got me where I where I ended up. I ended like somebody uh, classmate who I'm still friends with. I uh, referred me to this. Uh, I forget the name of the Slack. I think it's called like uh, like Cyber DEI or something. But it was like a diversity and inclusion like cybersecurity Slack. Um, and I just posted it was like, hey, I'm Laura. I just passed my Security Plus, looking for work. And there happened to be uh, a Tavor employee on the Slack who in turn referred me to the CDP program. So, and also, you know, a really awesome opportunity that I was able to land, you know, there's uh, there's not a lot of internship opportunities available if you're not uh, a college graduate. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was pretty excited, you know, to have gotten on board here. And then they brought me on full time um, almost uh, exactly a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been I've been with Tavor since July of 2021, but uh, September was when my internship period ended, and then they finally brought me on. Nice. So now that you are officially a member of the tribe, as it were, um, what is the thing that excites you most about the future as you as you look forward to progressing in your career? Yeah, you know, um, really, because uh, there's there's a few major elements to my job. Um, uh, mostly, I know this kind of sounds like a, hopefully it's not too much of a generic answer, but I'm mostly looking forward to maturing um, mm-hmm. within my, my new profession, you know, getting better at the, the reporting, uh, you know, getting better at learning all sorts of new tools um, that are part of, part of my role. Um, uh, aside from my actual job, something that excites me about the future that I get really excited about is Web3 stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a pretty buzzwordy thing. It doesn't really involve uh, a lot of cybersecurity right now, but just as an aside, like that's something like I'm really uh, excited about. Well, as you said, you know, you have to constantly be learning. And I think part of learning is is leaning forward and trying to peer around the corners. You may you mm-hmm. may not see very clearly, but I think you need to at least have the inclination to do so. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so let's say uh, you could go back and talk to your former self or maybe some uh, friends or peers who are also contemplating a career change. What are some of the tips that you might pass along to, to past Laura or to anyone else out there who's listening and thinking, you know, I, I come across a lot of people who had a similar thought process as you. Maybe they don't have as much familiarity with computers, but they are seeing that news about the need to hire yeah. the industries uh, trying to fill the roles. And they are just sort of stuck in that limbo phase where they aren't clear on that first step. What, what were some advice you might give? 
Yeah, that's that's the hard thing. Like, because uh, you read these articles about like the the roles available in cybersecurity, but a lot of those are intermediate level roles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to get in the industry as as entry level. So, what I would say to do, and what definitely helped me, um, is I did some pre-education in terms when I, especially because I was initially thinking about going like the front end web development route, like like take like a one month Python class and you know see if you know because it doesn't necessarily involve coding, but there is like some, you know, the further you go along in cybersecurity, the more useful, like the understanding of code and being able to write basic scripts is going to be for you. Um, so, you know, take a one month Python class and, you know, just a YouTube tutorials, you know, you can do all this stuff for free, you know, like, like play with some networking hardware at home, you know, like, um, you know, there's so many free resources out there now. Um, teach yourself GitHub um, and how to like work with like Git and version control, just like on a super basic level with a free account. You know, like like mess around with AWS. You know, like on the free tier and, and do do stuff like that, like little mini projects. Um, a lot of you know YouTube videos will just give you a free tutorial right there, and maybe it'll take you three days to get through it. But that if you enjoy the process, if it's satisfying and fun for you, then that'll give you some like really basic background. And at the very least, you'll know like, hey, at least I like this. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll have like some of the ba- just the basics down in terms of like, oh, this is how SSH works and, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. I think that's a good point that we forget the invaluable resource that is YouTube or or the free resources because I, I see a lot of posts about the cost of boot camps or the the cost of certification fees and things like mm-hmm. that and it feels like an insurmountable um, entry point but I think you bring up a good idea which is at least test whether you have the persistence and the learning that you want to do it right because otherwise you've sunk a lot of money into something that you you may not in in the end want or maybe there's a different domain that's of interest to you yeah absolutely definitely i saw a lot of people in my boot camp that that happened to you know they got about halfway and they're like ooh, you know but then they were still on on the hook for all the all the money um Mm -hmm. another um low cost resource that would suggest that at least has been really useful for me is uh udemy um, uh-huh. like there's a, there's a course on there. Like, like there's this guy named Jason Dion, like he's the security plus guy on Udemy. Like he specializes in a lot of the, like the CompTIA certifications. His classes are very reasonably priced. That's just for like passing certifications. But, um, there's a lot of other resources, um, on there, like ethical hacking, you know, like AWS, like cloud practitioner, you know, like, and like a lot of AWS, like courses, um, even some Okta stuff, um, which has been useful to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Udemy has been great. Now you have to pay a little bit, but there's still like, for the most part, especially if you have a brand new account, like the classes are, I don't know, like $20 or some, mm-hmm. around that level, like very affordable for like hours and hours of instruction and stuff. Great. So let me ask one question before we close out here. Brass tacks. How did did you structure uh, this transition? Were you working by day and then trying to do these classes at night or on the weekends or did you take some sort of transition time how did how did that time management play play out? I, I definitely had some transition time um i basically i i was anticipating getting laid off in in the mm-hmm. near future so um i was able to sign up for a boot camp that started almost exactly three weeks after the date that i stopped working 
Um, okay. So I was able to see that. And um, I mean, it is really hard, you know, when you have to keep working and doing these boot camps because they, they'll tell you that they're, you know, um, you can work um, at the same time. But for the most part, like I found it to be an absolute minimum 30 hour a week commitment, which, you know, if you have kids, you know, like if you have a job that has you work like odd hours, you know, like it's it's a challenge, you know, um, to, to fit all that in for sure. Um, I'd say it's definitely more along like the more that you put into it, the more you'll get out of it, the more of a full-time commitment you make it, you know, you know, the more you're going to get out of it, like whatever you can dedicate, you know, time being, of course, like a resource that is very valuable that we, we can't get back. But, but yeah, like I, I'd say, you know, budget minimum, um, at least, at least 20 hours a week, especially if you don't have any technical background. Cool. Well, Laura, thank you very much for joining us and sharing your story. Um, Yeah, thanks again. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's Spotlight. My thanks to Laura Lopez for sharing her story. To hear more interviews with cybersecurity leaders and more Spotlight episodes, subscribe to First Watch wherever you get your podcasts. First Watch is a production of Safeguard Cyber with original music by Matias Cefaletti and production help from Jamil Mafi. Until next time, stay safe, stay strong.